We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Giant Straight Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Bet Online, and the FFPC. We are another week into the off season. Many rookie drafts are wrapping up. Many Debbie drafts are ramping up. And I am joined by my lovely co-host, Dan Sanyo, back in the building in our Twitter spheres, in our hearts. Where are you at tonight, Dan? Thankfully home. Uh, thankfully not at work dealing with uh, COVID folks. <laughs> we had last week and through the week, it was a little crazy. We had... Um, some positive testing come about, which sent a little bit of panic into some of our lovely, uh, I, I, they have a little bit of a phobia of uh, bacteria and things. Uh, we're not going to name names, but they definitely are people that I work with. So everything kind of slowed down, got shut down, and uh, we went backwards <laughs> when we were making some decent progress. Um, but, I am very, very happy to be back, and uh, thankfully not a guest host, but a co-host. And um, we've got uh, we've got some interesting stuff. Obviously, this is uh, you know about as news dead as we can be. But thankfully, there's a few things happening, and and um, we can chat about those few things. Have a little mini game at the back end, and get these folks out of here with a smile on their face. 
That sounds like a plan. That was a, like a soliloquy. I felt, felt like I was just at church, like, preach it, Dan. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, let's get into the news. And with our first piece of news, we have our FFPC stat attack. FFPC stat attack. What is our FFPC stat attack, Dan? Well, today's FFPC stat attack is sort of about our first topic. But before we talk about him, we have to talk about his potential future quarterback, that is Russell Wilson, who has never thrown more than 553 passes in a full NFL season. Yes, that's 16 games, only 553. If you think about the folks at the top of the board, just about everyone's pushing 600 or more, or a lot more. This guy we're going to be talking about goes by the name of Antonio Brown, who in a full 16-game season has never had fewer than 124 targets. Now, I'm no mathlete, but that doesn't sound good. Nathan, lead us in. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, uh, but what does sound good is the FFPC, so why don't you tell us about them? I suppose. The FFPC is our home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, obviously, Best Ball, and, of course, that world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head over to MyFFPC, that's M-Y-F-F-P-C dot com. And, of course, we've got all the tools you need at Rotoviz specifically designed for FFPC domination. And dominate is what the Seahawks will be doing if they add Antonio Brown to their offensive weaponry. <laughs> nasty. It's not even fair. I mean, I know in recent years the Twitter sphere has often trashed uh, Pete Carroll for his play calling or his lack of use of one of the best quarterbacks in probably NFL history, certainly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL today, uh, severely underutilizing him and overutilizing some mediocre to bad running backs in that running back core. So um, we're talking about Antonio Brown here because there have been rumors swirling that Antonio Brown could be heading to Seattle. Some could say Baltimore. Basically, any team that is a quote-unquote Super Bowl contender, they're going to get like the Antonio Brown could go there tag because A, Brown's going to want to go to contender, but B, if you're like 8-8 eight and eight, or even a bad team, like you're not going to take on the headache of A-B. But if you're a playoff Super Bowl contender, like, hey, like this might be worth the headache. Yeah, and, and, you know, we'll see what all comes of all of the legal, uh, you know, stuff. Um, we had, I have no idea what where all, the, all of that stands, but assuming he goes there, and, I mean, you nailed, nailed that freaking thing right on the head. Russell Wilson just always underutilized, which you could say, well, they're trying to keep him healthy. When's the last time you remember seeing Russell Wilson fully healthy through 16 games? Um, so there's, there's that portion of it. Uh, I do think that they continue to lean on the run and, you know, according to his, his agent, Chris Carson's an elite running back. So, uh, there's, there's also that news out there that his agent declared him elite. Um, which I, I mean, do we know if his hip even exists anymore? I could have sworn he blew that thing out and who knows if we have Rashad Penny. Um, but this offense has real potential to be pretty crazy, when you think about what DK Metcalf was able to do last year as a rookie, what Tyler Lockett has done basically every year, whether he's healthy or not, 
uh, on limited work. These guys are super, super efficient in the passing game, and it's a team that leans on the run. So I think we see uh, a little more volume. It would be, I mean, only good things for Russell Wilson if Antonio Brown were to go there. I think that instantly moves him way further up because you're not going to not throw more when you bring in one of the best wide receivers of all time and, I mean, make him a decoy. I don't think so. So it would be it would be huge for Russell Wilson. I think he would get the biggest increase of of anyone. I, I think it hurts Tyler Lockett probably the most, only because DK is still only what twenty one. Uh, and not to say that Tyler Lockett's like super duper old, but he's going to be I think twenty eight. So uh, he's on, he is under contract locked in through twenty twenty one though. So um, there's no outs for Seattle. If this happens, it's to build this core to make them a contender on offense so they can focus on getting bodies on the defensive side of the ball for the next probably two years. And, um, yeah, it's going to make them a really, really good football team. It's going to be a headache for fantasy purpose purposes for everyone not named Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of a headache, but I do think that you're going to be starting in this scenario where this actually comes, and we're kind of speaking this more into what it really is at this point. But – if this happens, they're, you're starting all three every single week and, until proved, proven otherwise. You, you might end up having to bench Lockett or AB eventually. But at at the start of it, I would assume both of them – I mean, all three would be getting like seven to ten targets a game, and Wilson will be throwing it like 35 times a game. Yeah, which, I mean, like I said before, that we, we haven't seen that yet in Russell's career really. So I, I think it would be good to see. Hopefully it's not overdone, and now all of a sudden they start throwing it, you know, closer to 650 or 700 times like some other NFL offenses do. Um, but, yeah, it would be definitely interesting to see. And, and you know, we don't want to speak in certainties like, oh, he's going there. This is what the offense is going to be. But, you know, at this point it's more fun to, to pretend like it's going to happen and, and have that conversation. So before anything were to come official, is Antonio Brown going to be on your buy list? Are you still avoiding maybe throwing out those low ball end of bench type offers or are you transitioning off of it and maybe going and, and trying to get Russell Wilson before his price increases? I haven't made any offers yet. Uh, I, there's one league that he was on the waiver wire and I, you know, I put it, put on a bid there. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm waiting it out. I'm, I'm still in a bit of believe it when I see it mode. I, I think the blurbs are interesting, but, and it's one of those things that I rather, wait and pay more later then pay even a little bit now and just lose that. Cause I, I, I do think that more likely than not anything you spend on AB is going to be lost cause at this point. Yeah. And, and I mean the, the history of guys getting, you know, not necessarily like commissioner list listed, but guys getting pushed out for legal reasons or whatever it happens to be, you know, the, the one really only that you can think of that ends up in a positive value perspective is like Tyree Kill. I mean, you have Josh Gordon, who always breaks our hearts year after year after year. Martavis Bryant, when that was a thing. And now you've got Antonio Brown with, you know, Tyreek being the outlier, obviously like the Ray Rice thing back in the day. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, the odds aren't really in favor of this becoming something, especially if all of the legal stuff is real and it's not just, you know, whatever. Um so yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat with you. I think I, I think I'll believe it more when I see it. Um, but a lot of times, wherever there's smoke, there's at least a little bit of fire. So maybe you know, check 
check your waiver wires, make sure he's not free anywhere. If he's free anywhere, now is a really good time to try to get him for, even if you have to put a decent chunk of your blind bid budget on there. Um, I wouldn't hate it. The upside is, I mean, there's really no no ceiling to, I mean, we've seen what Antonio Brown, Brown can do, and now getting in an offense like that with Russell Wilson, um, kind of sky's the limit. But I also think that Russell Wilson's pretty undervalued. Yeah, he doesn't throw it a ton. If they bring in Antonio Brown, they'll, bring, they'll throw it more. But he always scores points. And there's a lot of upside there for his current price. So uh, I think that would probably be my pivot, would be to target Wilson rather than Brown. And, um, you know, even if Brown doesn't go there, you still are getting a decent price on uh, probably a top five or top eight quarterback in Russell Wilson. And let's move on to another NFC East wire, I mean NFC West wide receiver, one that's actually on the team, Debo Samuel, fractured foot, uh, out ten to twelve weeks, and I feel like fantasy Twitter is acting like the Debo Samuel injury happened in the middle of August. It didn't happen in the middle of August. It happened in the middle of June. I'm not saying Debo Samuel is going to be starting on your fantasy roster in week one. I'm not saying he's going to be playing in the NFL in week one. Heck, there might not be an NFL week one. But on this podcast, pretty much we're talking as if the NFL is going to have a week one. <laughs> but I think people counting Debo Samuel out outside of the first like couple weeks of the season are being a bit premature. Uh, and so if this is a buying opportunity for him, which I haven't seen his price you know, get too low from this injury, but I, I, I will say that if you're drafting a redraft league, not that – anyone really is outside of best ball Debo Samuel is a screaming buy with he's going to basically have at least like 10 to 12 games and he's the wide receiver one in San Francisco yeah the the timings seem super weird I, I feel like we don't ever get a lot that happens in June uh and especially in a year like this where nothing's really actually going on so um yeah, you know, the, the Twitter shock always is way more significant than what's actually happening in leagues. But if you do have owners that are panicking, sending offers, spamming offers to, you know, try to sell before we find out that Debo's foot fell off or something crazy, uh, because they definitely have, there's always owners like that. Um, if not, If you can buy right now, even for a slight discount, definitely do it. I think it's a good time to buy. Um, it's no one, I mean, good owners aren't overreacting. We've talked about that a million times. Never overreact, just react. Uh, so the reaction here is probably to buy Debo if you can find him for even a slight discount. I think his market price is actually really fair still. Um, and maybe if people are starting to consider Brandon Ayuk the wide receiver one because of Debo potentially missing a week or two, uh, you could probably open up that sell window a little bit and, and maybe get a little bit of free value there. Not that I don't, you know, I, I like, I like the landing spot and everything for him, but um, I feel like his price has been a little bit inflated and this may push it a little bit more. Yeah. I, unfortunately I've yet to see that in action. I, I own several AOC shares and I, I haven't received any offers. People trying to like, you know, buy high as it would be with a hook. But I, I do think uh, Samuel's a nice value, a guy you can have for a, you know, a mid-first type value. I know most rookie drafts are over, but, you know, you're still using that rookie draft capital in terms of how to an, an, analyze what a player is worth. And so, yeah, I mean, I would buy Debo for that for that mid-first value. 
Now let's talk with, uh, or not talk with. Uh, yes, we're gonna have uh, Zach <laughs> bring Prescott him in. Show. <laughs> Zach Prescott, welcome to the show. You've just made thirty-three million dollars by signing your franchise tag. How do you feel? I, I feel great. Uh, how about uh, my fantasy value? All right. Anyways, Zach Prescott. Uh, I didn't really think that he was a a real holdout. He he made his holdout threat when that COVID was in the middle of it, and we're still in the middle of COVID, but. When, he, when it was pretty clear there wasn't going to be any, like, official team activities during the summer, he was like, yep, yeah, I'm not going. I'm like, okay, Dak, like, nobody's going, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And then he signs the franchise tag, so uh, I don't see him. I, I, I think that they try and pull a Kirk Cousins. Dak's not going to let that fly, but I think he's going to let this one-year franchise tag fly. Yeah, this, this will be the one and only franchise tag he signs. Um, it sounds like they're not even in the same ballpark as far as a long-term uh, contract goes. Hopefully that gets closer because that offense is built for him to absolutely thrive. And then you get the idiots that post things like, well, would you rather have Andy Dalton and Jamal Adams or Dak Prescott? Meh. No, you'd rather have Dak Prescott. Uh, so I don't think it does anything to his fantasy value. I don't think there's any real fear of holding out. I think if he doesn't, um, yeah, I mean, again, this, this season, we don't know what's going to happen if all of a sudden we're staring at 2021 and now he doesn't have a contract, he doesn't have a tag to sign or he refuses to sign. You're looking at Dak playing for a new team almost every time. Um, Jerry's not the most competent GM owner combination of things, pseudo head coach. So, uh, you know, maybe he just genuinely thinks he can do better, which, again, probably an idiot then. So, yeah, this this doesn't move Dak off of QB3 for me. It, I, I have no issue holding him there, probably in his own tier behind Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson. Um, Yeah, I, I don't see him moving from Dallas, honestly. I feel like Jerry finally gets off his wallet and, and just pays up because – it's not as that often that you can find yourself a, a legitimate franchise quarterback. I'm going to paint a word picture for you, Dan. Uh, imagine a world where the Cowboys are like, you know what, Dak, go ahead and walk. <laughs> Daniel Jones had the worst sophomore season that's ever been oh, had no, by a quarterback. Don't, don't. And then Jason Garrett's like, Dak, come on home. I'm in New York. Oh, God. I'm going to have to retire from this podcast after that, which I'm sure people are like, yes, please. No, dear God. I mean, one of those things is super likely to happen, the Daniel Jones portion. Please, can I? Can we get a petition going to not allow Dak Prescott to go to the Giants? All right. Uh, now let's go to uh, camp holdouts. This is something that I've learned fairly recently, and I, I do feel like it's still underreported in the fan industry. The newest CBA basically prohibits players from holding out. And I feel like people are still like, Joe Mixon might hold out, Dal- Dalvin Cook might hold out, or whoever it may be. Holdouts can't happen anymore. Yes, theoretically they can. The player can come to camp and then leave camp and then hold out, and then go back during the season but not play. There's a very convoluted system of a player holding out that I don't ever see a player actually following through with a real holdout anymore because if they hold out in the more traditional sense, 
they don't get to go to free agency. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the biggest changes because now the players don't really have any leverage at all. The leverage lies entirely with ownership, with the team. Um, yeah, it's a it's a weird one. I I really don't think we see these guys holding out. I, I, I what I do think we see is a hell of a lot more trade requests because annually we don't get very many of those, especially ones heard by the public. I think if this does anything, it, it maybe increases the amount of movement within the league. And I mean, how fun would that be? You get a big name that all of a sudden can't come to terms on a contract with the team that drafted them. And now in their fourth year, let's say they request a trade and maybe they've been a good player. Maybe it is a Dalvin cook situation. Well, I mean, think about the teams lining up at the door to go trade for a, a high-end running back, even though running backs don't matter. You've got a lot of bad GMs that love running backs and will continue to overpay for them. There, there's going to be a line. I, I think it, I think it increases activity within the league. It's worse for the players short-term because it, it's going to take that movement and then a season of prove it to earn that next contract rather than, get drafted by the team in that fourth year, renew and extend and not have to worry about options and holding out or being traded or doing all of that stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I think, I mean, it'll be nice not having to worry about the holdouts as much. Not that we've had a ton, a ton, but you get the lady on, you get the lady on bell, you get the Mel Gordon, that that affects us from in the fantasy perspective a lot. You get guys, especially early drafters for best ball leagues and whatever it happens to be, those are daggers that you're just lighting money on fire. I will say, going back, because I was thinking about it as you were saying it, that this doesn't apply to people who haven't signed the franchise tag. This right. only applies to players that are still under contract entering their final year traditionally is when that holdout would happen. Uh, unless you're a crazy person and there's many athletes like, yeah, I have three years left of my deal. Time to renegotiate. <laughs> I think Julio did that. He had he signed like a five year deal, and in year two, he's like, "Hey, I want some more money." <laughs> right. All right. Uh, now we're gonna get into a game of rookie of the vet. Before we do that, let's hear from our friends over at Bet Online. Well, there is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners over at BetOnline.ag. Sports are making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC action all day, every day, on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, prop bets, all sorts of different stuff to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020 Radio at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. 
And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, it helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. All right, now it's time for an edition of Rookie, Rookie on the Vet, pending free agency edition, with some free agencies that were free agents this offseason but signed a one-year deal or got franchise tagged. That is officially the longest Rookie or the Vet intro (laughs) ever, and that was arguably the best one. (laughs) There we go, Rookie or the Vet. All right, so we'll break down... uh, you know, one quarterback, one tight end, and a few of the running backs and wide receivers that are pending free agents and compare them to a similarly valued rookie. So let's start off rookie or the vet, pending free agency edition, with Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints, or Jalen Hurts, QB, Philadelphia Eagles. And for this, we'll say Superflex. Um, it's kind of a weird one because you've got two current backup players that are only an injury away from being super fantasy relevant. Obviously, Hertz has a little more of that rushing upside built in, um, but Philly isn't exactly the most potent offense. Yeah, Miles Sanders, and yeah, they bring in Jalen Rager, um, but that offense doesn't do a lot for me. And then you look on the other side with Jameis Winston, who is kind of here and there shown to be a potential fantasy superstar with like 96 interceptions every season. But then you go into that Sean Payton offense, and maybe there's something there. Maybe Drew Brees gets hamstrung for speaking like an idiot and then backpedaling. So who knows? Maybe maybe Jameis could be could be starting uh, sooner rather than later. I, I think I go Jameis here. Yeah, it's a short-term deal there, but there's a lot more upside, I think, with Jameis. You know, if he sticks there and, and you know, maybe Brees decides to retire after this year or whatever – Jameis shows them enough where they commit to him. That that feels to me like a lot more substantial. I, I can't imagine Phillies getting away from Carson Wentz right away. You know, I get it, but they, I mean they they put a lot of value into Carson, and I, Howie Roseman doesn't seem like somebody that's just going to give up on him now. Yeah, I I will go with Winston as well here, and my reasoning being that. If Breeze misses time and Winston plays well, he could be the 2021 starting quarterback for New Orleans Saints. I don't really see a way that Jalen Hurts, the 2021 starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And certainly, it's very unlikely he gets traded that early in his career either. So, with the influx of talent at the quarterback position in the next, next couple of years in college football, it's unlikely that either of these guys really ever have starting jobs. But if one of them has a route to a starting job, it's Jameis Winston in 2021. For sure. All right, let's go on to our next one, and it will be running back Derrick Henry or running back J.K. Dobbins. Well, I think just based on face value, most people are probably taking J.K. Dobbins here. Um, Big-time landing spot, great, good enough uh, draft capital, and more upside in the passing game, obviously. But, I mean, Derrick Henry is, at this point, and something I probably never thought I'd be arguing here, is he's a proven commodity. He he has shown it the last couple of years now, and 
it's hard to go away from that, especially for a team that's committed to run the football the way that Tennessee is. Um, and I would say short term, it's Henry pretty easily. Obviously, Baltimore still has Mark Ingram. They still have guys like Gus Edwards and, and you know, other players that are going to play at least a small role. Obviously, they didn't bring in J.K. Dobbins to be a third string running back. But short term, he's he's definitely going to be the guy that's in the back burner. He's going to be the Ferrari parked in the garage waiting to be taken out for his first test drive. So, I mean, short term, it's it's Henry for me pretty pretty easily. I would think, though, long term, Dobbins is probably the right play here. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen this time and time again over the last few years that betting from a fantasy perspective on running backs once they've entered that second contract is usually a bad idea. But I think I, I do still lean Henry here. I, I think that he's he is the Tennessee Titans offense still, and he's a workhorse back. And I still think he he has some some more more time to to produce. He's got a few a few years, and Dobbins is basically a semi redshirt in year one. And so because of that, I'll, I'll take the points this year. Next one we will have Kareem Hunt or Henry Ruggs. This one's probably Kareem Hunt for me. Yeah, Nick Chubb is in Cleveland and is going to dominate the lion's share of the you know the carries. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt takes a good amount of the pass-catching role, if not all of it. And then we kind of see what happens after, you know, the, the, the one more year in Cleveland, I guess. Um, I also don't think Henry Ruggs is very good. I think you're grasping at straws, hoping that he becomes one of the most insane outliers in NFL history by being super duper fast and also being super, super relevant. Um, people keep claiming the Deshaun Jackson and, and all of that. That's, I mean, that's a really, really bad process to try to stick to outliers. We, we need proven commodities guys that aren't outliers, guys that we can draw a very clean line from point A to point B and point B being points. So Kareem Hunt to me is, I mean, he's he's got more points left in his career than Ruggs. I, I think Ruggs is going to be a glorified decoy, to be completely honest. Derek Carr can't throw it that far. And, I mean, Ruggs is, is your burner, but... It's not going to be a big-time fantasy producer. I think if Kareem Hunt does move on, he can immediately become an RB1 in an offense again and become a, a you know, most, I would say, like 80% of a bell cow back. Yeah, I, I do like both of these guys, and I'll take any shares I can get of them. But only one of these two players is a league winner-type guy. Henry Ruggs can be a nice wide receiver, too, at, at his ceiling. But he's not going to win you any leagues. Kareem Hunt, in the right place at the right time, is a, is a top five running back in the NFL. And uh, yes, he did. There was a recent blurb on Roto World that he says he wants to sign long term in Cleveland. Uh, breaking news, Kareem Hunt, you're not going to sign long term in Cleveland <laughs> because they have to they have to pay Nick Chubb, they have to pay Baker Mayfield, they have to pay a bunch of other people before they pay Kareem Hunt. So. He's going to get a starting job elsewhere in 2021, and that's going to result in him being a top 10 dynasty running. Or yeah, it might be that might be a bit of a stretch. I think he'll be a top 10 running back in 2021 on a new team. Yeah, I guess it's going to depend on what jobs are open and and what potential landing spot he can he can get. 
And you know that there's going to be teams that already haven't crossed off the list. So even if there are really great landing spots available and, you know, a, a, maybe a potential good spot for him to go, if that team's got him crossed off the list because it was off the field stuff, I mean, it, it's his options are extremely limited. Miami. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next, we'll go to uh, Alain Robinson or Cam Akers. Another spot where I'll be arguing for a player I never thought I'd be arguing for, and that would be arguing for Allen Robinson. Um, I mean, he really hasn't gotten his due ever. He was he went from garbage time uh, extraordinaire to extremely undervalued by playing with arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL. So I think even if Foles starts, let's say, eight games, and Trubisky has the other eight, I think we've seen that he can produce enough from bad quarterbacking that even if the oh-so-mediocre Nick Foles only starts eight, he's going to be able to do enough with whoever's starting. He he produced with Blake Bortles. He produced with Blake Bortles the second, and he can produce with Nick Foles. It's, I think it's time, finally, that Allen Robinson gets his due. Um I always, especially with his, when he was with Jacksonville, crowned him as the king of garbage time. He's more than that. He's not just a garbage time guy. Yeah, he's not going to get that volume probably ever again, but he's legit. And I think Cam Akers is a fine prospect. I think he's pretty raw. I think he's a project. Um, he went to a good place to be a project because I feel like someone like Sean McVay can mold him into what they want him to be. I think he can be every bit of of Todd Gurley minus the extreme like RB one outputs. Um, but I, I just think this is Allen Robinson by a decent margin. I think this is a battle of two guys who will have more value in nine months than they have today. Uh, Allen Robinson because he'll be freed from Chicago and Cam Akers because there will be some sort of clarity on him versus Daryl Henderson and his role in the Los Angeles Rams offense, which I do think Akers ends up being, you know, the lead back there because they spent the more recent second round pick on him. <laughs> uh, but I think both these guys are, sol- are solid values at this stage, but I'll go Akers for the upside. And we have two more of these left. Rookie of the vet. Rookie! Rookie of the vet! All right, this one is a hot one. Uh, hot off the presses, Juju Smith-Schuster or Clyde Edwards-Elaire? Um, probably got to be Juju. I mean, he's due for a massive bounce back. We've got all these rumblings about Deontay Johnson being the next Antonio Brown. We still don't know if James Washington can exist. We do know that Juju needs a counterpart to be productive, but we also know that he can't have – whatever a Duck Hodges is and Mason Rudolph throwing him the football because neither one of those guys is a quarterback. They both suck. So getting Ben back is going to be just about everything, but also having a competent counterpart in Deontay Johnson or James Washington, because I believe both of those guys are good enough to be NFL wide receiver twos uh, or at least strong role players that this is going to be a big bounce back for Juju. He's got Ben. The offense is ready to go. Um, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in arguably the most prime landing spot there is. Short term, Damian Williams is going to hurt a little bit. They brought him in to use him, obviously bringing in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They plan on having him for the future. 
So I think I, I'm always team wide receiver though. So that probably makes sense as to why I'm taking Juju here. Uh, I just feel like there's there's a safer floor with Juju than there is with Alaire. Yeah, uh, I have not been shy about my skepticism with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and his late first, early second startup value this offseason, or at least since the draft. Uh, and I'll easily take Juju here. Juju's being undervalued at this stage of the offseason. In, it's starting to creep up like, hey, maybe Juju's undervalued, but I, I feel like that's not reached the masses quite yet. Um, you, you know, this time last year, Juju was going top three in startups, and yeah. uh, certainly that might have been a little bit high, but I, I think he's a top five, top six dynasty wide receiver, and I'll take that over, you know, the possibility of what Edwards Alaire is. Yeah, and another thing that no one really wants to talk about is how many late breakout guys – actually pan out in the NFL and become that top 20 dynasty asset, the top 10 dynasty asset. Clyde Rizalaire wasn't anything until this magical LSU season with all the wide receivers and Joe Burrow and, and that, that team just exploded. I mean, the, the history, if you believe in, in historical data, not real strong in his favor. And we'll wrap up with uh, an impending free agent tight end, and that is one George Kittle or Joe Burrow in a super flex format. Are we assuming tight end premium as well? Yeah, sure, why not? I think you'd probably have to, and I'm still going to take Joe Burrow. Yes, I just <laughs> commented about how magical that, that LSU team was and how that late risers don't usually ever pan out. But quarterbacks in Superflex leagues are pure gold. And if anything, I would take Burrow just to flip him. Um, yeah, Kittle's probably at least at the very, very lowest tight end two. Uh, you can make a case for him to be tight end one. And Joe Burrow as any form of top 14-ish QB. In uh, Superflex is still going to be at least at that mark when you're comparing them, you know, at apples to apples. So uh, I think I think the quarterback has a lot more insulated value than a tight end does. Um, we've seen tight ends fall off the face of the planet after a couple of good season or one good season or whatever. I, I don't think that's Kittle by any means, but quarterback value is pretty insulated. Am I the only one who's a little surprised that Kittle doesn't have a deal yet? I mean, I'm guessing that that happens before kickoff of the season, but I feel like Kittle is the prototype that, like, that deal should have been done, like, in November. Maybe they're going to bring, like, uh, Blake Bell back and let Bell Bells or just trample some <laughs> folks. Charlie Werner. Uh, watch out Ooh. For Any relation to Bjorn? All right. Maybe. All right. Uh, but, yes, my, my – this is going to shock people, but – the, the person who doesn't like tight ends and overvalues quarterback and superflex takes Joe Burrow in this head to head. So <laughs> who would have thought? Burrow, give me Joe Burrow, uh, and he's going actually significantly lower than Kittle in superflex uh, ADP. Uh, so if you can flip your Kittle for for Burrow and superflex, do that yesterday, do it tomorrow, do it the next day. I think what Nathan's saying is do it. And with that, we are going to wrap up yet another episode of the Dynasty Tradecast. 
We thank you all ever so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us to hopefully be a little bit of a distraction from whatever chaos you have going on in your life. And uh, obviously make sure you're checking out all of our lovely sponsors, the FFPC, betonline.ag, of course, brought here by Blue Wire and uh, Rotoviz Radio. Nathan, anything, any parting words for the folks? Not much. Just continue to stay inside, continue to wash (laughs) your hands. And uh, looks like sports are on the horizon. That doesn't mean to not stay safe, folks. Stay safe. And most importantly, kadoosh! Be safe. Be smart. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.